98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. A number of people have been killed after a, cl- a car plowed into a holiday parade in the U.S. state of Wisconsin. Mainland medical experts continue their inspection of Hong Kong's anti-epidemic measures. And hundreds of people from the veterinarian sector sign a petition against the new capture-and-kill strategy against wild boars. A team of medical experts from the mainland inspected a quarantine hotel in Wan Chai this morning as they continued their visit here to study the SAR's anti-epidemic work. Accompanied by health officials, they were briefed about the quarantine arrangements at the Dorset Wan Chai. They also inspected a coronavirus testing center in Yamate. Earlier, epidemiologist Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong said that he was looking forward to finding out what more the SAR government could do to facilitate the border with the mainland reopening. He said while there will be a bigger risk of COVID infections in Hong Kong once quarantine-free travel had resumed, the risk should be manageable. If there's quarantine-free travel for for anybody, there's always going to be a slightly higher risk. But I think it's a risk that can be managed. I know in Hong Kong... We've always said we're aimed for zero risk, but I think there are a lot of benefits to having free travel with the mainland. And if that does come with a slightly elevated risk, then that would just be something that has to be managed. And from tomorrow, the vaccine booster program will be expanded to include anyone who has received two Sinovac jabs. Professor Cowling was asked whether he thought a third jab would be popular among those who had received the Sinovac shots. I think some people will have been waiting to go and to go and get their third jab um, because we, we know the antibody level comes down quite a lot uh, for people who receive Sinovac. It comes down much more quickly than for those who receive BioNTech. I'm sure the third doses will be available soon for people who received the two doses of BioNTech as well. There will be other people who are maybe waiting to see uh, what's the right timing, um, but, but I think there will be a lot of interest in getting third doses soon, yes. Around 350 people from the veterinarian sector have signed a petition urging the government to halt its new capture-and-kill strategy against wild boars. Those who signed include practicing vets, nurses, and veterinarian students. One of the students who launched the campaign said overseas studies had shown that contraception was an effective way to reduce wild boar population. A number of people have been killed and more than 20 injured after a car plowed into a holiday parade in the U.S. state of Wisconsin. The incident happened in the town of Waukesha. The local police chief, Dan Thompson, gave this update. The vehicle struck more than 20 individuals. Some of the individuals were children and there were some fatalities as a result of this incident. We will not be releasing information on fatalities at this time while we are working on notifying the family members of the deceased. An officer did discharge his weapon at the suspect vehicle to try to stop the vehicle. We're no longer looking for a suspect vehicle. We do have a person of interest in custody at the moment, but this is still a very fluid investigation. Back locally, low-income couples who have been waiting for a public flat for more than three years will soon be able to pay as little as $3,900 per month to live at a hotel in Kuntong. A number of rooms at the IW Hotel have been transformed into transitional housing. A total of 30 rooms, sized between 147 and 185 square feet, will be on offer to provide residents with two years of housing. Applications for the scheme, which is run by the Lutheran Church Hong Kong Synod, opens today. A corporate lawyer says last week's strike by food panda delivery workers has exposed the lack of labor protection for gig economy workers. 
Daniel Tang, a partner at the law firm Withers, said delivery staff for the food delivery app were technically independent contractors, which meant they weren't considered employees. He said it was very likely that other gig economy workers might push for better conditions. I think that's very likely. Uh, it really depends on whether the other platforms will learn from this incident and improve their terms. I think that would be very likely because today's internet economy is very transparent. Once the terms of this deal between the food tender workers and the company becomes public, I think the other platforms will be under quite substantial pressure to align their policies so that to improve their terms to be on equal footing with food tender. The district court has sentenced a 29-year-old man to two years and four months in prison after finding him guilty of rioting in a protest in Newtown Plaza in Sha Tin in 2019. Prosecutors said Lai Chun Lok, a funeral business worker, had joined other protesters in rioting by throwing a plastic water bottle towards the police in the shopping mall on July the 14th. Parents found out today whether their child's application for a discretionary place under the primary one admissions system was successful or not. The Education Bureau said nearly half of more than 48,000 children applying for discretionary places in government and aided primary schools had been offered a place. Unsuccessful applicants will get another chance to vie for their preferred choices through the computer-programmed central allocation system later. Belgium has become the latest European country to see violent unrest over COVID restrictions. Protesters and police clashed in Brussels over a march attended by more than 30,000 people. Across the border in the Netherlands, protests are continuing for a third night. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. Earlier in Brussels, what began as an organized peaceful march quickly turned nasty. Some protesters threw fireworks at police. Others targeted their vehicles. Officers responded with tear gas and water cannon. The Netherlands witnessed the most extreme violence this weekend. Rotterdam was rocked by rioters. Last night, vandals set fire to bicycles in The Hague. These demos happening too in Austria, Croatia and Denmark reflect frustrations about tougher COVID restrictions across Europe. There has been some skepticism at the announcement by El Salvador's president that the country will build a city which will initially be funded by cryptocurrency bonds. On Saturday, President Nayib Bukele said that Bitcoin City would be powered by a geothermal plant fed by a nearby volcano. It's going to include everything, residential areas, commercial areas, services, museums, entertainment, bars, restaurants, airport, port, rail, everything devoted to Bitcoin. The plan is for El Salvador to issue one billion U.S. dollars in Bitcoin bonds to start funding the project. Critics say it is risky. Venezuelans have been voting in regional and local elections. It is the first time the opposition has taken part in nearly four years. The BBC's Katie Watson reports. Shortly after casting his vote, President Maduro gave a speech praising Venezuela's electoral system. It's the best in the world, he said triumphantly, although plenty would disagree. 
It's why the opposition has been absent from elections these past four years, distrustful of a system many see as rigged. But running out of alternatives to loosen Mr Maduro's grip on power, opposition parties have returned to the electoral process. The government has made some concessions, allowing opposition members onto the electoral board and inviting the EU to observe the vote. But many have lost faith in any politicians promising to make their lives easier. Tributes are being paid to the Egyptian actress Sahir al-Babli, who has died at the age of 86. During a career spanning more than five decades, al-Babli appeared in some of the best-known films in the Arab world. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. For some, al-Babli's name evokes nostalgia for what's known as the golden age of Egyptian cinema in the 1950s and 60s. She worked with some of the most revered directors and acted with other legendary stars. Later, she had great success on television, playing leading roles in some of the most popular series that are a staple of family life every Ramadan. But it's on stage that many feel she made her greatest contribution, where her style matched the sly knockabout humour of the Egyptian theatre. The dominance of Egyptian entertainment in the Arab world made her a household name across the region, with many now mourning her loss as if she were a member of their own family. Bloomberg reports that an advisor to the People's Bank of China, Liu Shijin, has warned that the mainland economy could enter a period of what he called quasi-stagflation, characterized by relatively slow growth and excessively high producer price inflation. Speaking on RTHK's Money Talk program, Shanghai-based independent economist Andy Shi was asked whether he thought this was a possibility. Yeah, I think that obviously there's a monetary overhand. Uh, China has been pumping money for a long time uh, and being able to lend the money in the property sector. Uh, now the government is deflating the property sector. And so uh, uh, where, where all their money go? And also as the property sector unwinds, the economic growth uh, will, 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 will come down also. So it's really... Uh, uh, you have the combination of the two. It's uh, the monitor overhead has to go somewhere. And last week, Alibaba chief executive Daniel Zhang told investors that slowing consumption in China was one of the main causes of the tech company's disappointing earnings growth. Mr. Xi was asked whether he'd seen any signs that mainland shoppers had turned cautious. It's one of the causes. Uh, the consumption, consumption has been weak for quite a while because of a uh, high inflation, high price, stretching affordability, uh, starting with the pork price uh, tripling a couple, uh, a couple of years ago. Now uh, vegetable prices are really out of the reach. I think that's uh, a, a major factor. But I think that uh, this is not the only reason why uh, Alibaba is reporting uh, low earnings. I think that the, the, the tech companies in China usually are very aggressive in accounting. When the when the uh, the, the stock price is high, they tend to book everything like uh, capital gains, even in unlisted uh, companies. But uh, now, when the stock price is low, they tend to kind of uh, clean the house and uh, and uh, and. Uh, and uh, report all the bad news. So I think that that, that 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 might be a big factor also. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,952. That's 96 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $72 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 114.1 yen. The euro stands at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 46 cents. In sports, 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says he's given everything to Manchester United after the club sacked him following a poor run of results. United have lost four of their last five games in the English Premier League, the latest being Saturday's 4-1 defeat at Watford. First team coach Michael Carrick has been placed in temporary charge while the club looks for an interim manager till the end of the season. Solskjaer guided United to second and third place finishes in the Premier League during his tenure, but they're currently eighth in the table. I've given everything for this club. The club, club means everything to me, uh, and together we're we're a good match. But uh, unfortunately, I couldn't uh, get the results uh, that we needed, and um, it's time for me to step aside. On the pitch, Antonio Conte picked up his first league win as Tottenham manager after his team came from a goal down to beat Leeds United 2-1. Conte was pleased with the comeback by his side. In the second half, we have changed. We have changed tactically and also the plan. And uh, we brought to the, the same intensity, maybe higher intensity than the Leeds. And we created the main chance to score. We scored two goals and uh, I think we deserve to win. Manchester City are up to second in the Premier League after a comfortable 3-0 win over Everton. Raheem Sterling open and open scoring before second half goals from Rodri and Bernardo Silva. City boss Pep Guardiola was most impressed by Sterling's performance. Yeah, I'm very pleased for him. He needed he needed a performance like this in the first half in the right side, go to my line, make a lot of crosses. He make a brilliant goal with assists from from uh, from Joao, so yeah, a good game. In golf, Colin Morikawa has become the first American to win the race to Dubai. He did it in style by scoring a final round 66 to claim the World Tour Championship. Morikawa made five birdies in his last seven holes at the Earth Course to finish 17 under par for the tournament. It's very special. You know, it's an it's an honor, really, to be the first American to do that on the European Tour to to put my name against many, many greats, um, Hall of Famers, right? It's special. Like I said, two years ago, it wasn't my thought. You know, it was, yeah, let's go play around the world, but we didn't know what was going to, what the cards were going to be dealt. And to have this chance and to finally close it out, not just, you know, closing it out with a top 10 or something, but to actually win uh, the DP World Tour Championship, which concluded with the race to Dubai. What a great way to finish that. In tennis, Alexander Zverev has won the ATP Tours ATP Tour Finals in Turin. The German outplayed Daniel Medvedev in the title match, winning 6-4, 6-4. It was Zverev's second end-of-season title, also having won it in 2018. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. It was obviously... Look, I won the World Tour Finals. I mean, in the final against somebody I lost five times in a row, so I had to play one of my best matches, and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy to go on holidays with this win now. <laughs> and in the weather, uh, it's becoming appreciably cooler. It'll be cloudy, one or two rain patches at first, moderate to fresh northerly winds, strong offshore and on high ground. Cool and very dry tomorrow with weather improving gradually. Still cool in the following couple of mornings. The current temperature is 18 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity 74%. And that's the news from RTHK.
Hello and welcome to the 123 show. Here I am again, Sadia Usmani, sitting in for Noreen today and tomorrow. Hope you've had a great weekend. My thanks to Phil for the morning brew and on the show today, after 1.30, we find out more about Dialogue in the Dark, one of the projects that Operation Santa will be raising money for this year. After 2.30, Marcy Trent Long is here with Trash Talk. This week, she talks to two students from Hong Kong University Architecture about their research on how Victoria Heart